1: For Arpil, what a Burnley, Scott Arpil! He's been threatening that
0: recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Oh, what a goal! What a goal! From Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is
2: something very, very special! Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up by the night. What a strike from Wade Elliott.
1: A bolt from the Clarendon Blue. Oh goodness me! What a goal from Patterson.
0: If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you
2: cannot argue with that. Pure quality. Here goes Mike Conroy. Still time for a winner, baby. John Francis! They came to York
3: in their thousands. They're going home as champions. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Goal! Yeah! Michael Kenyon! Oh, that's Get justice! On! That is justice! At the have Stadium. Burnley are level and deserve to be.
2: Hello everyone and welcome back to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast full-time show with me, Joe Rebbond, after another win for the Clarence. What is it now? Nine league wins in a row or something? If I'm wrong, it's just because I can't, I just can't keep up with how many times we win. Even when, it's something, well, I've got three guests waiting, so we're pretty we're pretty well on guests today, um, but even when this team look like they're going to get beat, they, they turn it round and they win. And as one of the guests on Twitter always says, Neil, he says, this team just do not know when they are beaten. And that is spot on. They just do not know when they were beaten. Coventry, first off, were playing so badly. It looked like or they created a couple of chances. Big victory scored at the end of the, sec- uh, end of the, so the beginning of the second half. Um, but we just we just pulled through. We just pulled through. Yesterday, 1-0 down quite early after a poor bit of poor defending, potentially a push on Charlie Taylor. Um, but some poor defending uh, for the corner. Uh, didn't learn the lesson from the one just beforehand because obviously Cullen cleared it off the line. Still bounced back. Okay, it was late, uh, but we still managed to bounce back. And what a free kick it was. What a free kick it was. I mean, normally at this point, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I just say the free kick's already on the... Already on the channel, go and watch it because I've, I've filmed one myself that I put up as a YouTube short pretty much as soon as full time hit, stuck it up straight away. Had to, um, and I did one where I took people's videos from social media. Um, thank you for everybody who contributed. A few people sent it, me, A couple of people I was a little bit cheeky with and just stuck it. Um, but uh, I'm sure you can understand. Um, it's it were a fantastic free kick, and I just had to get a video. So there are plenty of angles out there on the turfcast YouTube channel. So if you do go and want to watch the angles one, wait till after this video. And go and watch the Angles one. But I've got one that I'm going to show now and it's from the West Brom fans' perspective. And it's always better because a turf for me it looks brilliant from the away end because you're looking at the two new stands and all the screens and stuff and and the free kick is just sublime. So so let's watch it. Here we go.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, so there it is, and I brought the lads in as well. How are we doing? Um, we'll go in screen order. Sean, how are you doing, mate? Are you all right? Yeah, not too bad, Thanks you. Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Sam, good to see you. I didn't think you were coming.
3: I'm here, as always. <laughs> <laughs>
2: how are you? You all right? Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. Are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. And Neil, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, comments, get your comments coming in. Uh, Mark Howard says so many options now on free kicks. JBG, Markson, and Twine. Uh, notice how we don't mention Brownell. Um, yeah, of course, Brownhill's Brown been sacked. Like we've had, we scored. I said to the guy next to me um, on the turf uh, yesterday, like Brownhill's not going to get a look in again, and obviously that's a good thing because Brownhill has been so poor with his free kicks recently. But that was. Let's talk about that free kick first. I know normally we start off at the you know, it's talking about the game, but let's talk about that free kick. I'm sure you've all seen the clips. I'm sure you've all just seen that one as well. Uh, Neil, that free kick was were beautiful, were not it? It's perfect, man.
0: It's just. Hit it perfectly, position. There's no keeping the world going to save that. It was just, I think, like, I think when it went in, I tweeted it was just a gif of like just a chef kiss
2: because that's all you could do. Is yeah. it's just that's it. Sam, I looked at the free kick when it were given. And I said to my dad, and he'll be buzzing, I mentioned him, he keeps te- texting me saying, oh, dad's met the podcast again. Um, but I said to me dad, uh, it's, it's too close. Surely it's too close. It's going to have to do so well to get it up and down. So maybe he'll smash it. Maybe he'll try and go around the wall, you know, go in the far corner. But he did exactly that, didn't he? He went up and down and it were perfect. And like Neil says, no keepers saved in that. It were pretty much on a postage stamp.
3: I told you, didn't I, when we signed him, I've said it for we go back and watch it. I told you, it's moments like this that he's the player for. You know, it looks like it's going for 1-1, you think it's game over, and then you have a player of his quality, comes onto the pitch, and the second we got it, I said, do you know what? We ain't got a penalty, but we've got Scott Twine. It's basically a penalty anyway, and it just proved it. Like, all the hard work coming back from his injury and and the tough time he's had, and he's absolutely I was buzzing for him absolutely buzzing for him
2: yeah apparently Vincent Company did say to somebody cuz somebody said oh should that not be a penalty that were in the area I think apparently Sean Vincent Company did say to somebody well you know it's it's twine so it is pretty much a penalty and i saw a stat yesterday that scott twine since the start of last season has scored the most direct free kick goals in the english league that's more than james ward prowse as well so
1: more to come i would imagine Absolutely. Uh, when we signed it, one of the things everyone was talking about was his free kicks. And I, I wasn't on the game because I was watching it from home and the commentators on Sky were saying, well, oh, it might be too close to this. It's right on the line. It's going to be hard to get it over and back in. And I, I've never... Obviously, it's the first time we've really seen him as a Burnley fan, apart from the odd minutes here or there, that free kick yeah. at Huddersfield on the opening day. But from everything I've heard, I was thinking, well you know, let's see what the boy's about.
2: But,
1: yeah, chef's kiss. You just yeah. can't. It's an unbelievable.
2: It, thing to to it was it, such a good it? goal. I I'll probably will show it again at the end. But um, like I said, there's plenty of videos on social media, not just mine. Other channels have it up. Loads of them. Just search Twitter. Clarence says everybody knows what to do. Um, but let's start and talk about the game. Sean, I'll come to you first. Yeah. Um, First 5 minutes I thought we started quite well actually up until they got them two corners then of course you know one of them corners went in it's it's a mixture of poor defending and probably a foul on Charlie Taylor for me I think he has got to be stronger but mm. I think in the Premier League that probably gets given as a free kick um to Burnley um but then 20 minutes after that pretty much all West Brom without them really troubling us again but they were the better side then 20 minutes after that I felt like we just went off on one. Obviously, we hit the bar. We should have had a definite penalty on Brownhill, I think, for me. Um, we'll discuss all of them individually in a bit. But then, obviously, the Teller one, I think, I, I was shouting, I'm not going to lie. I was like, what are you doing, ref? I said, play it in it, pen. It's not a pen. Um, but then the Brownhill one should have been given. Then second half, we just came out and murdered them, didn't we, Sean? So, um, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah,
1: similar. I uh, thought we started quite well. The, the corner is a it's a frustrating goal to concede, but it's something my teams are looking at us now and thinking, "Yeah, oh, we'll do them on set pieces. And that's what they're trying for. So I think we do concede relatively few from corners, considering how much emphasis other teams put on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I guess it could be argued it was poor defending, but equally, I'd, I don't know what else we could have done really. That, that guy just, he wanted it and no one was stopping him.
2: Yeah, Um, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Obviously, we bounced back, didn't we? Um, Sam, second half, well, second half of the first half were the better side, hit the bar, should have had a pen, and then second half absolutely battered them. As Andrew Blythe says there in the comments, absolutely battered them second half, well-deserved win.
3: I I thought, you know, other other than the two obvious chances that they had from set pieces, I thought thought we absolutely dominated the game. I thought we had a bit of a spell kind of after the goal where we were a bit shell-shocked with what happened and, and couldn't really, uh, couldn't really get us footing in the game. Um, it, it it felt a little bit passive towards like it, I think it was probably more the last five minutes of the first half that we really started to kind of get at them. And we were kind of thinking, great. Like I, I said, it I've said it before. I, I think we are the best second half team in the entire championship. Like literally, company will get them in there and they'll say, listen, this is what you're doing, shit. This is what you need to sort out. Crack on in second half. And, and second half were brilliant every time. Substitutes were brilliant. You've got to give props to company for the subs. I thought they were class. Like shame about Benson going off, but yeah, second half we were, we were unbelievable. Like it just went back to what we're known for, which is keeping the ball, breaking the lines, getting them passes in from fullback to striker, and opening the opening play up, and then just I mean I have to give a shout out to Zerri as well. Like every single time I watch that kid play. He, he, he honestly gives me heart as he's absolutely fantastic to watch he's brilliant and yeah, yeah. I, I just thought we were really good and we
2: deserved the win yeah definitely Neil um, obviously there were the Barnes incident as well which I've missed so thank you for Chris to point out that out that's one of them like we, we've seen it and he looks in line doesn't he so it, it's one of them could that could have easily gone either way but we obviously in the championship you don't have the benefit of the lines and all that sort of stuff because there's no VAR I looked at that and thought five years ago that's probably given as a goal and um, But I think now, if the lines are drawn, that may just be offside as well. But obviously, we don't have the benefit of the line, so it could have easily been onside. But of course, Neil, uh, your thoughts on the game. Uh, Anything different to add that the boys have already added? No, he
0: said exactly just then. I was going to say that our second halves, we seem to be second halves in companies, in-game management is absolutely superb. I think we first saw it at Sunderland when he changed things really early because it wasn't working. And he he does that now. Um, he, He... He's very quick at adapting and realizing something's not working and tweaking and changing it. So his in game management is superb. And that's why I think we are strong so finishers in the second half.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 Sam, you said the other week, didn't you? Like, um, if we're playing poorly in the first half, you are quite calm about it. You don't get carried away. Uh, I wish I had that sort of like what calmness about me because I still get for God's sake another bad performance here for the first 20 minutes anyway Uh, but you seem to be like oh I'm just confident that we'll come back back out in the second half and batter batter him and that's exactly what we did again
3: it's it's
2: just
3: it's watching Burnley for so many years like and then watching him in the Premier League and then nothing changing and all that type of stuff and then this season I was exactly the same right at the start you know like when it wasn't totally clicking I remember being in games, thinking, change something, do something, and yeah, you, we still had to realize. Company's still a young manager; like he's still learning the trade as he's going. He's never been in the championship, and now I think he's got to a point where, you know, I, I, and I, I hate to say it because I, I don't like to, I don't like to jump the gun, but we are the best team in the championship. We've got the best manager, and we've got some of the best players, like, and we are playing like that. We're playing like yeah. that team. We, we are that narrative. We're backing it up week in, week out. So us as fans. I've got to a point where I'm just trying to enjoy it now. Like you know, who knows if we do get promoted? Who knows what it'll be like we could be going and getting stuffed every week. But I, I have enjoyed this championship season so much, and I'm just going to keep enjoying it because it's
2: brilliant. Yeah, I, I remember people saying, like, "Oh, it's such a tough lead." I think I said this last week, but I'll say it again. Oh, it's such a tough lead to get out of. You won't go down there and enjoy it. I, We're just winning every week and it's class. I I messaged an Everton fan yesterday saying, don't worry if you go down, mate, it's so easy. You'll have such a good laugh next year. You'll just bounce straight back up. But obviously, Everton's a different club, so they might end up um, doing things a little differently. But um, Sean, yeah, obviously, uh, Vincent Company there. We've talked about how how, um, how he's made some decent subs. And Chris says here, uh, Company gives the team that winning mentality. Uh, Do you think that's a fair point? Because... I think think looking at it, sometimes we're a little bit crap in the first half and better in the second half. That's obviously, A, probably his tactics, B, his subs, and the fact that he's got the winning mentality as well.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And also, I think, you know, sometimes when we say we're we're crap in the first half, that's being judged against a really high bar that we've set for ourselves. Yeah, true. Um, And if you compare it to... I'm not someone to... Crap on what's come before because what Deitch did was brilliant. But if you compare a crap company first half to a crap Dyke first half, the difference is we're not three 0 down.
2: Yeah,
1: that we might be crap, but we're still in the game. Yeah. I mean,
2: I mean, we'll see where we are next season, but I don't want to worry too much about that yet. I just, I just like like we said, I just, yeah. wanna, I just, just want to. Enjoy... I'm yeah, nice just enjoy It's nice to enjoy the you know, season, and, and, like and again. Win. Again, my dad—he'll send me two texts now. Um My dad—he's—he's um he's, he's like, honestly, I don't think we'll win the prem next season. I'm like, All right, calm down. <laughs> I think we'll do really well. <laughs> you know, might get Europe again. I'm like, oh, well, I hope so. I don't, like-
0: I don't think we'll struggle, you know.
2: No, I, honestly, I, I don't. There's a
0: lot of there's a lot of shit in that Premier League. I think. I mean, we season, beat Bournemouth. Definitely. I know it wasn't yeah. their full stream, but we beat Bournemouth. We gave Man United a decent game at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of shit in that team. I mean, Liverpool, Chelsea were poor. I would have fancied us yeah. yesterday against one of them.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh I... keeps asking me about uh, Foster. We'll talk about that later. Uh, once we're talking about the game, we've seen a couple of questions uh, about strikers and stuff. So we will talk about Foster later in the show. We're probably in for around 45 minutes um, this week. Uh, who knows, if we get chatting well, um, might end up going a little bit over. But I want to talk about the penalty incidents. Um, And I'll go through each and every single one of you Ask about your penalties and what you thought. Personally, I thought the Barnes one, it's weird. The Barnes one, I've not seen it again because I've not seen a replay of it. They've not shown it on any of the on any of the replays that I've watched anyway. But at the time, I didn't think it were a penalty. The first Barnes one thought it was a little bit innocuous. Kind of look, you know, like how Barnes does the thing where he looks for it. I, th- I think he's doing that. Um, so Do you I not think like, that's hmm. why he, we didn't get it. Do you not think he's probably a yeah. little bit
0: boy, Cries Wolf now? Yeah, probably he's got his probably, reputation now. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, but I don't mm. think that one was. So I'm going for no on that one. Uh, second one, I don't. Un- when Furlong goes through Brownhill, I don't understand. like it's, 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 it's His name's Furlong and he's acting like a horse just going through the back of somebody. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how that isn't a penalty. That ref was so bad, in my opinion. He it was, was terrible. Shocking. And I don't understand how that isn't a penalty. But that one for me was a penalty. Uh, and then the yeah, teller was- one, I got some stick yesterday saying it's a dive. And we all know it's. I stand by the fact that I think he's dive. I, I think the reason why he doesn't appeal is because he realised how stupid he looks after he's dived, in my opinion. I, I, think, I think he's thought, as soon as he's gone down, he's thought, that was stupid. Why have I done that, you dickhead? Why didn't you just shoot? Um, that's why I don't think he appeals. So I'm going for first one, no penalty. Second one, penalty. Third one, no penalty. I'll start with you, Sean. We'll go in screen order again. What are your thoughts on the three different decisions? So
1: um, I'm in a, a group chat with a Leeds fan and a Newcastle fan. and During the game, I was... I don't know how much they enjoyed it, but I was basically providing a live commentary on every refereeing decision happening. Yeah, And uh, with that first Barnes one, I was going absolutely ballistic. I've not seen it again since Friday night, but I did see a couple of replays at the time. And for me, you know, his legs caught between the defender's two legs. And I think if that's in the Premier League and there's VAR, I think it would get given. Maybe not because it's Ashley Barnes, but another player yeah. getting the leg cut like that, I think it would get given by VAR. Yeah, uh, the, the Brownhill one for me is Stonewall. It's just uh, I it's can't understand that it's penalty. Not give it I don't know. How the referee, this referee's come down from the Premier League and he's getting decisions like that wrong, and it's yeah. just it speaks to the poor standard of refereeing in England. Um, then the third one, Teller. Uh, at the time, I thought penalty looking at the replays, he probably has gone down too easy. He's probably looking for it. But the thing with the third one that I've not seen enough people talk about for me is he, he gets up straight away and then another guy who was not involved in the situation, a West Bomb player, comes steamrolling in, knocks him over. Yeah. Like that's violent conduct. That's at least a young car. Yeah. Cat.
2: yeah. It, it should have been a red. That's the point, yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't really spoke about that too much, have we? But um, yeah, that should have been a red. Uh, Sam, we'll go to you. Your thoughts on the three penalty incidents?
3: Uh First one, I I can see where you're coming from, but it's just bands, and it like he just lo- he just loves throwing different parts of his body at different places and and for it's just his it's his bread and butter. Like I'd I'd love to say that I think it wasn't, and I I do agree that in the Premier League there is more chance of it being a, a penalty, but for me it wasn't. Um, I mean Brownells, I mean. I, <laughs> Uh, that's, that is it's a disgrace, isn't it? Come on. I mean, the guy, he's just, he's just stood there and he's just gone straight for the back of him. And I, I, I do think part of the reason as to why it wasn't given was because he's come through the back of him two minutes before, he just got a yellow card down Furlong. So yeah. if you give that penalty, that's his fifth foul already in the first half. You have to give a red card. And I think the referee maybe just thought, Okay, it. it might have been a penalty, but I, I I can't give a red I I don't want to give a red card so quickly after the yellow card. I, I, personally, I think that would be the reason. The third one, I completely agree. I, I do think Teller went down with the intention of just thinking, oh bollocks, yeah, yeah, maybe I should get up. So he gets up. But if you don't if you don't do the whole turning round, shoving your hands up in air and going, Oh, it's a penalty, it's a penalty, to me, I don't understand where that reaction comes from and Malumbi should have had a red card and that should be a penalty because yeah. you can't just run over to somebody like JBL and give him a clothesline from hell. Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, like that, that is literally just, that—that that, that's mm. a red card and a penalty. And talking on Jared Gillett, I said, I've said it so many times, every single time he referees a game, he's a referee from the A-League in Australia, come over to help the Premier League with VAR, he does about 15 VAR games per season and he referees about five games and there's a reason. He's shit. He misses every foul. <laughs> he gives terrible... He gives cards away for nothing. He picks a team that he likes based on, oh, I like the colour of the strip and then he follows that team all game. We had nothing that first half. That From Brownell's penalty... The ball came back to Madison. He takes a touch, he gets fouled, and then they go up the other end and nearly score with DK. And I'm thinking that that, that whole phase of play, he got everything wrong. So yeah. yeah, fed up of him, never want him to
2: ref again. Yeah, fair enough. Um I, I love it. I love it when you're going to rant like that. Um Neil, your thoughts on on, on all the uh, individual ones, individual penalty appeals. I don't know, how I can
0: follow that to be honest.
2: Um <laughs> Bar- Barnes
0: is definitely
2: uh, I
0: agree. It I, I I just said it. I think he's got a bit of a reputation now, so I think it's very difficult for Ashley Barnes to get a penalty. Um yeah. because he does always do that where he's down, gets on his knee, pulls a face, and then keeps ranting and raving. And I think it's gonna be very difficult for him to get one unless it's Stonewall, Having said that, Brown knows was Stonewall and we still didn't get it. Yeah. Um even though it should have been, and yeah, the the dive was just yeah. I don't even think the ref spoke to their player, let alone saying. I don't even think he warned him or anything. I don't I think he he watched him barge him over, and then I don't even think he's warned him. So no, I don't think he did. Yeah, but it's one of them where it was tough, tough to go down. And, yeah, he realised he looks a bit of a dick for doing
2: it. Yeah, I, but, that, I think I think that's what I mean. I think that's why he, um, he jumped yeah. straight up straight away. Like, a lot of people were defending him on Twitter saying, how's it a dive? He's jumped up straight away. He's not even appealed for it. I think that's why he's jumped up straight away. Uh, yeah. Still love Teller, though. Um, obviously, he got oh, the ball yeah. as well. We'll, 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 we'll discuss goal. that in a second. I saw some people whinging, uh, mainly West Brom fans, but a few Burnley fans agreed, about the free kick where, obviously, Twine scored from, saying it was oh. never a foul. Saying, that like, there's no contact. For me, there's... When... It's Cullen, isn't it? When Cullen brings his leg up to hit it, the West Brom player makes contact with him there mm. and then Cullen goes down and hits the ground. I've seen it again on Sky and even the Sky commentator is saying, well, that's not a foul. He's just kicked the ground. He's like, kicked the ground because you've touched him first. Um, Neil, I'll start with you. We'll go reverse order this way. Did you think that were a free kick that we scored from? Do you think the referee were right to uh, give that as, yeah. a, as a free kick? Yeah, definitely. agree with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, no I don't question. understand how people are complaining about it. Andrew Blythe in the comments says, default contact. There was 100% contact there. Is and even clear? a West Brom fan froze the incident on the bit where he's kicking the ground. I'm like, put it back three frames <laughs> and it'll show the contact <laughs> on it. It winds me up.
1: The contact's so clear. My the, only, argument
2: on Twitter. <laughs> the
1: only thing to me was, is it a free kick or is it a penalty? Like, There's definitely
2: yeah. contact. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And obviously, Sam, I, I presume you, you, you agree that there's definitely contact there. It, you you
3: were literally looking at my argument that the, the West Brom fan had taken a screenshot of just before he kicks the ball. Wallace even touches him and he goes, well, there's no contact. So I, I Literally, I moved it like a second more screenshot that and said, well, there's Wallace touching him. There's him kicking the floor. And because they've all seemed to get short term memory loss. About five minutes before, Connor Townsend got a free kick at the edge of their box for the exact same thing. Yeah, one of he our did. players. I remember that. I remember that. Me. Yeah.
2: I, I it's remember exactly that. The
3: same. Yeah. yeah. And, and so so for me, it was a free kick. It was the one
1: piece of consistency yeah. that I did all night.
3: It was, it was. And, and 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 for me, I just think like the majority of West Brom fans, I, I, do you know what? The majority of them were really classy online, really yeah, classy. Some of them, you know,
2: Coventry fans deserve to not. win.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But like you know, saying they deserve to win. We weren't good enough all the way through the game. I think all you need to do, even if you're a neutral in this situation, is look at the stats and realise how much we deserve to win. I mean, we doubled yeah. their shots. They only had 30% possession. These are meant to be, what, nine wins on bounds? Like, they only had two shots on target. Like, I know we did, we only had like four, but like our dominance in the game comes from from passing movements and everything. But I mean, it was such a, such a weird, weird thing to, you know, moan about the fact that like, oh, you know. There was no contact. It was someone.
0: Someone said it in the chat that people looking for excuses. I genuinely think that's what it is because we get that that we parachute payment FC even though we're actually not. When you look at the stats, yeah, Yeah. they got nothing that they can come at us with, so they're just trying to clutch at straw. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, last year
1: and years before it was oh long ball FC, exactly, and parachute
0: FC. Exactly, and um, so no work, so they're just trying to find anything to have a go at. Now. I
2: don't know if you saw it, but just, just, just going with that theme. Obviously, when we signed the Swedish centre back Ekdal um, after the game, I saw a Blackburn fan somehow tally up his work permit points, and he, he didn't have enough work permit points to get a work permit. So Blackburn mm. fans were in, saying, "How they man is this? He's not got enough work permit points." So we're now Work Permit FC, Government for Our FC, or whatever. Uh, so the, just um, madness.
1: Al Nixon's response to that.
2: No, what was what? it?
1: Uh, he said, Burnley know quite a lot about work permits from previous transfers and they've won the appeal. Oh, fair fair. Like, apparently, <laughs> like one point short of a work permit. Yeah. Which is nothing. And then we've had an
2: appeal and it's gone through. Half it is. Half it is. Just going back to the Cullen incident, Stuart Rose says, Cullen's leg as he pulled back, play beyond, stops momentum, so defo contact, forces Cullen's, uh, Cullen's foot into the floor spot on absolutely spot on and as Chris P with all the excuses says other fans are just jealous but I do want to go back to um a comment that Neil made uh, I think it was you Neil uh, about uh, the West Brom fans being classic. it might have been Sam actually um yeah I, I agree with that I, I did see I did see quite a lot of what there are a few few people whinging but you're always going to get a, a few whinges in, in a fan base aren't you uh, but I think in the main West Brom fans took it quite well and accepted that we were the better side even one of the not really, I, I go on TikTok, but I'm not really into TikTok as much as some people. But there's that there's a lad called Tom who's a big West Brom fan, who's big on Twitter. Even he at uh, TikTok, even he was saying like, our oh, Burnley are the better side, they're definitely going to win the league. Um, so that we're good to see. Um, just obviously we've just spoken about the penalty ap- appeals. Obviously, the Teller one we all agree goes down too easily. Um obviously Teller gets the first goal, and I know the defenders nowhere near him at this stage, so it doesn't go down, but this is why I got frustrated with Teller because when he's through on goal you can put your house on him scoring. Like The amount mm. of times he's gone through on goal this year and scored. Um, Sean, I'll start with you. Um, so, obviously, he's, he gets the goal and it's a great finish. And again, like I said, you can put your house on him scoring. But that just shows like why you're going down in the first place if, if, if that's what you can do. But a, a fantastic finish, were not it?
1: Yeah, and that's why when he went down with this dive, in the moment, I was convinced it must have been a foul because why would he yeah. not shoot? Because if, if he shoots, he's going to score. That's what he does. So that's why I, at first I was adamant that's a penalty. He wouldn't go down otherwise. Yeah. And then you look back at it and go, yeah, okay, maybe he has gone down a bit easy. But he's when he gets in behind like that, and he's done it a few times this season, the one that sticks out to me is uh, Coventry away. and That was yeah. outrageous goal. We had no right to finish that from that angle. But he, when he gets in behind, he's one-on-one. He is so good. Yeah. And it, it blows my mind that Southampton went, yeah, we don't need that this season. Loan him out.
2: Yeah. But, you know, you know what's, what's funny is Southampton fans, they always make the argument, going to you, Sam, Southampton fans always made the argument that, oh, he's good, he's pacer, but he's not a good finisher. Like I said, I would literally put this house on him, scoring a goal if he's if he's through on goal 100% every time. He is such a good finisher. And even even when he went through, and by the way, what a ball from Zorora. And mm. when he went through, he tried to take a touch and he fluffed it. And I said to the guy next to me, not my dad, the other guy, I went, oh, what a shit touch, fucking hell. And then he just smashed it in bottom corner. And I'm laughing with this guy next to me going, oh, what do I know? Um, But absolutely fantastic finish, weren't it? And the guy can finish, Southampton fans, if you're watching. But um, yeah, Sam, what were your thoughts on that No, he
1: can't. He's awful. You don't want him back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The thing is,
3: I I, I said this two or three weeks ago, if you're Nathan Teller, why would you go back? You got told at the start of the season, after playing well through lockdown and getting a couple of games last season, you got told you're not good enough. To play in the Premier League right now, you need to come down to the Championship, and there's no wonder he's smashing it. I I I bring it up to you, don't I all time, Joe? Like that game that he played against Arsenal in lockdown, he absolutely tore him apart. You knew that there was a player in there, so for mm-hmm. them to send him down into the Championship and and turn around and be like, oh, you're not good enough for Premier League, I think to him in his head he'll be thinking, Burnley have given me this opportunity, they could be getting into the Premier League. If Southampton come down and we go up, we offer 15 million quid. He's looking at no other team other than us. He loves playing for us. He absolutely loves it. And yeah, you can tell. When, when he went through on goal, I, I, never in doubt, is it? I mean, that first touch, I mean, I have to admit on telly. I saw him at first touch and I'm like, oh no! And then <laughs> and then absolutely pings it bottom corner. It be a brilliant finish. But um, I would say on, on teller being in that position, I thought throughout the game, loads of people were saying it was really harsh on Barnes, him getting brought off. I don't think, like, the reason why we only had like three shots in the first half is because in order to get Ashley Barnes a chance, every, you have to get the ball to the byline and put the ball into yeah. the box. Sometimes, with the way we play, we can play through the middle, we can play a quick one-two into the box, we can we can drill across across the box. And what having Teller in that 10 position and bringing Rodriguez in, Rodriguez has better feet so he can hold the ball up, take a touch, move left and right, play it left and right. And Teller has the ability to get in behind, spin off J-Rod and, and almost them to interchange between nine and 10 themselves. And that was the substitution for me that I think completely changed the game. Giving Having Teller's pace in behind, having Teller running at somebody, his feet aren't in unbelievable like Zerreri's are. So when he's running at somebody, it's not, it's not the same as him getting him in behind, he's frightening
2: absolutely yeah. frightening and that's that's why we scored yeah, I've, I, have, I have wrote something down here about Jay, Neil, because um, obviously when, when, when he came on, we, we did seem a little bit better. But it, again, he's been quiet recently. Um, but then Barnsley played all right, I thought. But as Sam says, you've got to you've got to get it to the byline and, and basically put it on a plate for him. Um, obviously, or, or get a good ball in for a good cross where he can just bully a goalkeeper into the net. Um, but uh, for me, I, I still feel, with Jay being a little bit poor recently, I would still have the front three of... Benson, Zorori and Teller in the middle. I I, I think that would work fantastically. Um, but Neil, what would you do? Obviously, we've got Jay, we've got Bash. Um, there's an option of Teller there. We'll talk about Foster probably after this and after a man of the match vote. Um, but what would you do there with, with, with that with that front four? And obviously, Brownell just in behind them all as well. So that's sort of like Benson, Teller, Zorori and Brownell. That's what I'd do uh, with Jay being a little bit quiet at the minute because um, that, that pace in that front four there is, is frightening. Um, but what would you do, Neil?
0: No, I would do the same, and I think that I think they're interchangeable as well. So I think you could have, I think Zeruri would could equally be as effective in the middle. Um, yeah. if you swapped him with Teller and things like that. So I, that's what I would do. and Barnes, I, I think, I think we all know it's Barnes it's probably Barnes last season. Yeah, day, he just looks absolutely knackered, and he was the same last season as well. He got to this stage, and he just looks like he's he's done. So whether his legs are going now or not, I don't know. Which is, which is yeah. a shame. But um, don't forget, yeah. Twine
2: as Beck says, yeah, I forgot Twine. Apologies, I don't Twine, have, yeah. But... <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Twine as well, and then obviously we'll see how this um, this new new lad beds in and fits in.
2: Yeah, well, uh, it does look good, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, pretty much straight away, actually, because first of all, I do want to see who everybody will vote man of the match. So if you're watching in the comments, get your man of the match votes in now. I'll read some out when after me and the lads have all talked about ours. Um, I've, I, I'm going to go with Teller. I thought the lad were fantastic. Um, he helps us so much with his pace. Like it, The reason why we ended up getting um, in behind Coventry and, uh, and getting in the game against Coventry was because of Teller's pace, because obviously brought him on. Yeah, Gubbinson had already come on and Gubbinson did very well. I know I've said this on, on on other shows quite a bit already, but I'll just say it again for those who weren't watching them or listening. Um, he was... Uh, he brought We brought Gubbinson on like a player who can get on the ball. This is against Coventry. And then we brought Teller on and then he's he's the guy that's so fast and bombs it. And then Coventry sit back a little bit um, and then that helps us get in the middle, uh, get, get on the ball in the middle. Uh, but for me, it's got to be Nathan Teller. Uh, the votes are coming in. Um, Seen some uh, good ones, actually. So, before I do chat about Foster, I do want to chat about another player uh, after a couple of people have mentioned. Um, But we'll go in screen order. Sean, who's your man of the match?
1: Um, Possibly a controversial one, but especially after the goal. But I'd say Arrow. His feet are so good. And he played two absolutely outrageous outside-of-the-foot passes after completely mugging off their guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, fair enough he's the guy I want to talk about in a minute actually now you mentioned that um, thank you to um, who said it Joe Teeleburns and Andrew Blythe who did who did point that out but um, yeah Zorori as well is getting a few decent shouts and all. Sam you said you were pretty um, um, sort of like saying how good Zorori were uh, who's your man of the match Sam
3: mine would be Zorori I have to admit like you know I, I think you could have given it to anybody kind of across the front four really um, yeah I to be fair, even even when Benson came on, like Benson wasn't brilliant when he came on. Obviously, I know he got crocked about two seconds into coming on, but classic. You could just but well, you could just tell that they just looked like they absolutely shit themselves when he came on. It was like, oh fucking hell, not him. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and then but for me, Zerrari, I thought that the, the teller was insane. I thought even when we were in our poorer spell, I still think. Zaru was the one making things happen. He got the ball to Barnes over top, yeah. you know, he got the cross across the box for Barnes in Bar. Like and then in the second half, I mean, that, that bit in corner, I, I I have tweeted about that so much. When we have ball in <laughs> okay. corner for five minutes, I'm not even joking you, right? I've seen us running after people for twenty minutes trying to get ball back in Premier League. There, we're taking piss there. Right? Come yeah. on. That's yeah, that absolutely <laughs> taking piss. It was hilarious. Me and my dad, we were both like free kick had just gone in you know, everyone would ticky-tack in eight corner and me and my dad literally simultaneously looked at each other and just burst out laughing it were hilarious but no, for me, area I thought I thought it was brilliant
2: once again. Yeah, fair enough. Neil, you're a man of the match. Um,
0: yeah, it's Teller or Zereri. Um I'll probably go for Teller because he scored um, but yeah, you could put an argument for that for, for either but that bit that you were just talking about there where we were just keeping the ball, just, was ah, just brilliant. Little flicks. We'd never have done that last year. Never.
2: No, not in a million years. Um, we'd have done that last year. Um, the vaults are coming in quite heavily. Um, uh, Joel Tilliban says Murich, Andrew Blythe says Murich. Um, Kurt Leaming says Cullen. Uh Paul Holt says Teller. Uh Alan says Zorora. Chris says Zorora. Simon Ed says Zorora. Uh OG L O C uh, also says Zorora. Um Radio stuff, Cullen, uh, Harry talks about Um uh, Chris P says even Bastion was decent in that game. Yeah, he played well. Uh, Stuart Rose says Murich. Um, But yeah, I do want to chat about Mjöric because I, I think I think we've gone full circle with Mjöric now. I think even uh, there's, a, there's a little lad bit. I say little lad, I think he's about 12. He still whinges like mad about Mjöric. So I think there is people um, that still don't see what he brings. But um, their manager, Carlos Cobra afterwards, he said it's so, it's so difficult to press Burnley. Because all they do, we'll get it back to to Murich, who then plays a blinding pass, and then they're in behind again, like they've broken the line. So Murich offers us so much, and and I'm 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 glad to see a lot of people in the comments actually say Murich because it, it got so much stick in the season. Some of it was relatively justified. He did some silly things, like coming out against Wigan and giving a penalty away, silly, um, is silly leave even a word? I don't think it is. Um, but um, the fact that he's now getting compliments of other managers as well. Neil, I'll start with you. Just shows how how well he's doing, especially with his feet.
0: Yeah, no, he's a great keeper. I've 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 rated him all season. I think that people's problem with him at the start is that he's very different to what we had previously. Yeah, um, but for me, he's different in a positive way because because of his distribution and the fact that he can play a good pass. It's, it allows us to play the style of football that we are playing. Um, but yeah, I've I've rated him all season. He's he's, he's pulled off some world class saves. He's... Yeah, started some players off he's great
2: yeah and as Chris P says Sam we need to stop comparing Pope and Murich. it's just basically what Neil you started off with isn't it they're very yeah, different yeah. types of goalkeepers and that couldn't yeah. be any further from uh, sorry that couldn't be more spot on um, yes Nick Pope yesterday don't get me wrong and he was classed for us and, he, and he's been class for mm-hmm. Newcastle made a fantastic save yesterday against Palace yeah, but there's great. no way we'll be able to play the way that we do now with Nick Pope so Sam your thoughts on Murich and how, how well he started doing
3: yeah I mean you know i I I, I never gave him any criticism at the start of the season, but I, I what I will say is, you know, a, a lot of, you know, if, if you're if you're a, a, you know, a football fan with an encyclopedic knowledge like myself, like uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, um, you know, yeah, obviously it took me on me own trumpet there a little bit, but um, like you know, um, you remember his days at Nottingham Forest when he was a 19 year old goalkeeper, yeah, and he wasn't very good, and then. Even, even my knowledge, I don't know where he went for two or three seasons after that. And in that time, he must have developed into a different goalkeeper. So when we did sign him, I did say because a lot of my friends, you know, from from front Leeds, were all like, "Oh, he's crap, he's rubbish." Uh. And I remember saying, "Like, he'll, he'll come in, he'll do a job. It might take him a bit of time to adjust back because he's been playing in uh, in like the Urvedizi for the last couple of seasons, but." Give him time and it'll work. And obviously, you know, first couple of games, couple of jitters, obviously the penalty against Wigan, which was just ludicrous at the time. And uh, the Blackpool game where he could argue it was him or Cullen and and stuff like that. But, you know, I think the thing that he brings to the team is it's a, it's a range of passing. It's not just like, it isn't a case of like, his distribution is just good and he can get as high up the pitch. It's He can yeah. play a long ball over the top to teller, he can play a chip ball out to Matson, or if you want to set piss a bit more, he can outside at foot it to kind of Robert Sump wing. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's stuff like that. He can do everything, and, and I think. But he knows you know,
0: he knows which is the right one to play as well, yeah, doesn't he? he exactly. doesn't Just do it. He knows which is the right yeah, pass yeah. to play and who to pick out and stuff like and, that.
3: And and over time that that has that has happened. Like the more confident he gets, the less you are, like we talked about it, Joe. Like towards the Blackpool game, like. The jitters around the around the fans, like it goes on to the pitch and players feel it. So if every yeah, time 100%. he the ball's going near him, and everyone's going, Oh, like it's a different era, a different generation of Burnley. It's younger, it's 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 younger players, players playing a style of player that the club hasn't seen for 10 years. We we are adapting, and it takes time for people to get that, as well as players. And I think now we're at a point where it's clicked and it's clicked and some like yeah, we're we're it. firing on all cylinders from back to front. Whoever comes off at bench manager fans everything. The club feels so together and it's
2: amazing. I I absolutely love love being a Birmingham fan at the minute. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean, I know you mentioned uh, the outside of the foot passes, um, but uh, I had a comment here from Alan says if Mjoric could command his area, he would be a top goalkeeper now. I think I think the first one. I think some people said, "Oh, he should have come." I looked at that and didn't see that myself. But he did come and get the one later on, didn't he? That was giving mm. us a foul. I thought he did well there. He's not as good at commanding his area as Nick Port. But as we as we've said earlier, you, you can't really compare the two. The two completely different goalkeepers. But I do think he's getting better at commanding his area.
1: Yeah. So for me, um, in terms of comparisons, you know, it, it's fairly natural for us to want to compare him to Pope or to Heaton. Because they were fantastic goalkeepers, yeah. But when you look at Murch, the only and this is going to sound like a slightly ludicrous claim to anyone listening who's not a Burnley fan, but the only keepers you can compare him to are Edison and Allison. And I'm not saying he's that good, but it's because of what he gives apart from the shot stopping, the distribution, and the different kinds of passes he can play. Yeah, as you say, like we couldn't do this with Nick Pope, we couldn't do what we did under Deitch so successfully with Murch. It's, it's a different. System, completely um, different. And you know, obviously, we're in a position now where Corky suspended, rusty has gone. we'll miss you? Um, if if Bastian or Cullen get injured, get Arrow into centre mid because he can do the
2: job. <laughs> honestly, honestly, he'll he'll do a better job than what Dale Stevens could do. He's a better Absolutely. passer of the ball than Dale Stevens. Hundred percent, hundred percent. One thing I always like to do, especially now. It's bringing the league table. Now, look at that. I'll, I'll, I'll zoom in a little bit, actually, um, for those watching on the live stream. Uh, but we are currently, obviously, I'm zooming in too much, uh, currently, obviously, top of the league uh, on 62 points. We have a five-point gap to Sheffield United in second on 57 points. And Middlesbrough have just gone one nil down against Sunderland. Mm, so that it. has helped us. That has helped us. Um, so, oh, what's that, maths? 18 points gap to third? Is that is that right? I would never good at maths. But we're we're on 62, they're on 44, so I'm pretty sure it's currently 18. That might change if, if Middlesbrough come from behind in their local derby game against Sunderland. But as it stands right now, we are 18 points clear of third. The worst it can be at this stage of the season, if Middlesbrough come back and win, is be 17 points. How good does that look? Again, I'll go in screen order. Sean, how good does that look?
1: I spent most of yesterday looking at the league table. It's just mesmerizing. It's so good. And I was looking People. at, you know, below us and what's going on. And obviously, we've got this huge gap. And uh, the gap between us and third is bigger than the gap between third and relegation, I think. Is it? I believe so. And, you know, yeah, you've got I saw a start team, with that. Teams down to 15th, that you could still get in the playoffs. They're still in the fight. So you've got more than half of the division fighting for the playoffs. And then you've got us and Sheffield United just riding off into the Premier League sunset. And I don't like to talk early, but I'll say it. We're going up.
2: Yeah. And that's exactly how we're going to start my conversation with Neil. Neil, we're going up, aren't we? We are. We are.
0: Yeah, we are. I mean the goal, it's the goals. Look at the goal scored as well. It's unbelievable, isn't uh, it? It's just ridiculous, um, isn't it? We are it's essentially a, a league of two that's split in two, isn't it? There's other than Chef United, and then there's the rest of them. Um, yeah. um and like you just said there, the gap for anyone from sort of pretty much relegation to to third can can, can reach the playoffs, and then there's Sheffield United and us who are just miles ahead. But yeah, we are going up. Um as much as I've loved it in the championship, I sort of wish I think, well, I think we'll do it around the Premier League, but I sort of wish we could win the league and stay in it. Yeah, um, I, I get that, <laughs> you know, Um, I don't want VAR. I don't want all that diva behaviour in the Premier League. But um, we need to get back up, don't we? So, looks like yeah.
2: we are doing. Yeah, 100% looks like we are doing. Uh, Andrew Blythe says, so many points clear in the amount we drop late on in games. It's crazy. Yeah, early in the season, of course. But obviously, now, now I think we've won 17 points from losing positions, which is probably the most in the league. Um. It's uh, we're just fantastic, and I'll stop putting comments up for a little bit because they do go over Sam's face. But Sam, um, I think the only the only thing we need to wrap up now is obviously the championship title, isn't it? I mean, I do think we'll probably go on to win it, um, but it's it's one of them. Like I'm not overly asked if we do. I, w- I would like to win it, obviously, but I I do think we would win it. Chef United, they apparently didn't play great against Hull uh, on Friday night as well. I've I've not seen it. I'm just going off what I've seen on on Twitter from Chef United and Hull fans. Um, so that's why I'm basing that on, on we will probably go and, um, and win the league. And I think they dropped points at QPR, didn't they? Uh, scored a very late goal <laughs> to get a win. Um, was they looking like at the minute, you know, they keep dropping points here and there. Was, we're just steamrolling through everybody that we play. So that's why I think we will win the league. Sam, what are you thinking? Do you think we'll win the league?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do, yeah. I mean, you know, the second half of the season is always much harder. Uh, like I said last week, teams that at the start of the year didn't have a good enough manager, teams weren't playing well enough, like Norwich's and teams like that. You know, they uh, they've now got a bit of stability back, same as like a team with West Brom. But in saying that, you know, a team gets stability, a team does you can do anything, and we still just can't be stopped because we. And my main thing for for the Premier League, if if we are to get there, like I said, I don't want to like totally you know oh we're going straight there but um the the main thing is have a budget spend the budget well bring in young exciting players but don't do it like Southampton have done it don't go to city and spend 15 million quid on players that have never played senior football before go out and buy us three or four really good players i I personally think the team that we could go up with only needs you know let's say some French league center midfielder Another centre half. If we can get all the players that we have on loan permanent, like Matson and Teller, and then bring in either you know a Premier League quality striker, because like we say, like this Lyle, Lyle Foster, he could come in and be unbelievable, but he's still an unknown. And in a way, yeah, um, yeah. you know, he might he might be championship, he might, a- he might absolutely tear <laughs> the championship apart, but in the Premier League, he might not be up there. So I think we could do with another striker, but I think wingers wise were set and all stuff like that, and you know, the best thing that you could do is go and have a look at fourth on that table. Oh, my God. They they, they said they were pissing league at one point. Bloody <laughs> hell. Their form's awful. They've, they've conceded yeah. more goals than they've scored all season. They've got players like Bradley Dack, who's shit. Like, honestly, watching them fall out of the playoffs will be hilarious. And the yeah. fact that the, the league table is only really third to 24th, who are really all, you know, the Championship's the best league in the world. Us top two,
0: we're
2: just like, eh, it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> piece yeah, piece of piss. Uh, speaking of them,
0: go on, Neil. I was just going to say, I don't see any reason why, just to talk about the signings there, why if we go up, we can't keep all the long signings we've got because what are they getting 100%. at the parent clubs that they can't get with us if we go up? They're playing regularly, they're enjoying the football. The only one better. I worry about is Harwood
2: Bellis. I yeah, think City too. think of him very highly. Yeah, um, I think so we could get him on loan again. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think yeah we potentially. Yeah, year. we mentioned that yeah. last week, didn't we? Sound like if yeah, we go yeah. up, it's the next level that we could probably loan him again for another season at the mm-hmm. very least.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I th- I, plus, yeah. I also think like of the players that we brought in on loan, for me, he like as good as all the other ones are doing. He is the best one. He's mm-hmm. he's he's the one that w- we've said this so many times, haven't we? Though? I don't know how many times we're going to say, it, but he's the one with with, in my opinion, no ceiling. He he could be in England captain. He could win yeah, Champions I Leagues, Premier League. Like,
0: yeah. I, I think he will be. He will be the one that at the end of it has the best career. And there's and, all, there's always the chance that City because I don't think he's City ready, but I think there's a chance they might let us have him with a buyback.
2: Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Potentially. Yeah. Or or like Sean says, maybe maybe another loan because if we get promoted at a higher level. Mm. But I, yeah. it reminds me a lot of Gary like I think he can go on to have a similar yeah, career, winning definitely. Champions definitely. Leagues and playing for England and captain in England. Like like um. Sam says. Um, but speaking of incomings, and I know you mentioned Foster a couple of times there, lads. Of course, it's looking like Foster is imminent. Just getting a tweet on your screen now uh, from Andy Jones. Again, I will zoom in uh, so you can see it a little bit better, <laughs> those of you watching on the live stream. He says, Burnley are closing in on completing a deal for Westerlo striker. Lyle Foster deal is in advanced talks in the final stages ahead of player travelling to England for a medical etc. Burnley nearly have their number one target. So it looks like it's imminent. Um, I believe a medical was booked several days ago but then um ended, ended up asking for more money um but again we're we'll going screen order it's one of them it was the same as Benson the same as zorrore um I don't know much about him um because you know I, I, I see the Belgian League and stuff here and there or, or, or these leagues around Europe here and there uh, through work but I don't watch it closely um, so I don't know too much about Lyle Foster but in a typical Football fan fashion. I've gone on TikTok, YouTube, searched his name, and he looks like a good finisher. Uh, his pace, hey, he looks quite strong. I know it's a different league and a different level, uh, but Sean, your thoughts on the signing? And and first of all, like honestly, Vincent Kompany could go to the national league, sign somebody from the national league, and I'd be like, it must be class because Vincent Kompany signing him. When, when I look at the people that we've brought in and how good they are, mm. um, I have I have no worries that this guy's gonna gonna do very very well in a Burnley shirt. But. Um, Sean, your thoughts on this imminent signing?
1: Yeah, similar. I know next to nothing about him, but if he's good enough for company, he's good enough for me. Uh, And on the topic of a good finisher, uh, similar to you going on YouTube and seeing these videos, um, I saw a highlights reel for the new centre-back we've got, Ekdal. He's got a finish on him.
2: Yeah, well I was gonna mention him after this, but we'll mention him now because OG Loke did say, sorry, Sam, it goes over your face. Um, anyone watch this new Swedish bloke? Any good? Um, and um Paul Hart did go on to say both CVs were signed are very highly rated, and especially Ekdal, he's highly rated as well. But again, he's another one I don't know too much about, but I've not watched anything on him, on him yet. Because we centre backs, I don't tend to get as excited, you know, when you sign a centre back. Yeah. just even even somebody who was a defender when I was growing up, I'm still like, eh. So what we're going to see images of him heading the ball away? You know, stuff like that. It's not really one that's going to get me out of my seat. But if you know more about him, Sean, then feel free to let us know. I don't don't know too much about him as well. So He
1: he was a striker in youth football and then moved backwards. Okay, Um, yeah. And he's still got that kind of striker's instinct in the box from what I can see. You know, it is headers, but it's also finishes. And in this highlights, there's a a couple of goal line clearances, a couple of good tackles. But a lot of it is intercepting the ball and then running the length of the pitch. I was watching. I was yeah. like, it's like watching Maradona or something. He's just going past. Yeah, well, it. that's interesting because that's what
2: THB and Bayer both do quite well, don't they? Especially yeah. THB. He, he gets the ball and runs out into midfield very, very well.
1: Yeah, well, this guy—he's running past midfield. He's running up into the box and squaring it or finishing it himself. Um, it's a bit ridiculous. It's like watching someone play uh, be a pro on FIFA. Yeah, <laughs> I've just getting yeah. it and setting off. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't excited about it at the time, and I saw this video last night, and now I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I am as
2: well. It. I am as well. Like I said, I don't know much about him, but I, I am quite excited by it. I, I feel like something that we are missing, like a pace, like proper good finisher, like Jay and Barnes, they have they have the strengths and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, as we are talking about earlier, Jay can link up pretty well with pretty much anybody. He's got good feet. But one thing Jay has always liked, even in his younger years, is pace. Mm-hmm. Um but somebody who will be able to keep up with the likes of Zororia Benson and Teller, of course, uh, will be fantastic. Sam, your thoughts on 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 the imminent signing of Lyle Foster? Hopefully it's announced tomorrow with some crazy, I don't know, random video. Um, and, of course, Swedish centre-back Ekdal. Um,
3: I think it's just testament to recruitment again. It's yeah. dipping into leagues that people maybe don't look into as much and company using his knowledge of players that he's played against because people forget he, he played a full season at Anderlecht before he just became the head coach um, so he, he knows what it's like to play against some of these players so you know I, like I said Lyle Foster is an unknown entity and I, do, and I do agree with people's arguments this is the one thing I will say I do agree with people's arguments of we didn't know about Benson and Zereri but we did pay 10 million quid for Benson and Zereri like yeah, that's true. my only difference like 10 million quid I feel like you're two-thirds of the way to Girikesh's price tag and you know what Girikesh gives you at this level. But obviously, if company wants him, I'm 100% behind him. He does look like a good player. I have looked at his videos online. He's got pace. He's, he can hold the ball up. He's good in behind. He's good through the channel. So, it'll be good. I, uh, I agree. The, the Swedish centre-half, Um I tell you what, it, it's funny because he's the one that put it on his own Twitter page of all the goals that he scored. Uh, it was like really. his goodbye, and like <laughs> yeah. and scoring all these mad headers and stuff, and and he does look like a good player. But the player that people aren't as excited to see, who I'm really excited to see, is um, as Al uh, Al Aldak- is that it? He mm. yeah. He's so highly rated by nearly every single person that I've spoken to. You know, Belgian Burnley fans, you know, fans of... of um, what it's said Truden he came from, something like that? Mm, yeah. Um, a lot of their fans are gutted that he's left. He's a Belgian, under-21s international. He looks a good player. He, he He's yeah. the player that carries the ball out of defence and he's got a great range of passing and he's very calm on the ball. So he... He's the other player that I'm I'm real looking forward to. And then obviously Alan Nixon the other day said that Burnley is still in the market for two strikers. So Femi, we had three million quid agreed for him. I can still see that still happening. Like he he could still probably come in, especially if you know Barnes is linked to a move away on loan. But even if we do keep Barnes, like like you said, Neil, Barnes, it's his last season, he'll be going anyway. So you'll need to fill that spot. And I think what the club's thinking is if we can fill that spot early, we don't have to go and shove loads of money in for a main target man next season because you'll have Popa Femi Rodriguez Lyle Foster and then somebody else like who's like your main striker. So I I think recruitment's brilliant and we're going up.
2: Come
0: on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Neil your thoughts then on on, on the imminent signing of Foster and-, and and it's one of them like, like it's it's difficult to talk about S- signings and players when you don't know too much about them Obafemi, Befemi we well, will be able to sit here and chat about him for 15 minutes because we've all seen him play um, but when it's somebody coming in who's a little bit unknown like, like we've said it's, it's difficult to talk about him however when you look at the players that we've signed and how well they've done then its I'm pretty convinced it's going to be a good yeah. signing
0: yeah we've got absolutely there's nothing that uh, Vincent there's no one Vincent signed that gives us any doubt is there it's, um, he knows yeah. better than us and he's given us no reason to and I know it's, I know it's 10 million it's a lot of money but it's a striker you always pay a premium for and it's January where you always pay a premium as well um, and if we've got the money then spend it with Parachute FC, aren't we?
1: Am I right thinking it's 7 mil that goes up to 10 if that, that's the latest, uh, so
2: seven mil up front, three million bonuses. Probably mm-hmm. if and when we go up, or a certain amount of Premier League appearances, or whatever. Um, but Harry says, according to Alan Nixon, Swans are keep upping their price tag of Orbe family I mean, That's kind of what Westerlo did, didn't it? But we just bought him anyway. Um, because mm-hmm. of course, we are parachute payments FC and we are buying the league, um, which yeah. is always interesting. Um, it's difficult as well. Uh, I know we talk about this a lot, uh, but you, uh, Sam, you were going and then somebody else as well could that somebody else be veg horse, as Andrew Blythe says? Uh, no. See,
3: listen, like, look, I... Um, this is why it, I asked
2: Sam, because I know yeah. Sam's a big
3: fan. <laughs> if, if, listen, like... If, have you seen if him today, though? Have you seen his yeah, morning about the the, training, honestly, man. Th- the thing is, never like, I, I, I have to admit, that's the side that worries me, is, is the attitude side. But yeah, you can indeed. also, like, in a way, like, you could also you know, partially flip that and say that, he has high standards, not just for himself, but for the people around him. And I have, I have to admit, and, and and we talked about it last week, Joe, like it's it's not a case of, I, I think, just Weghorst has a, has, has a bad attitude and he's a terrible footballer and we don't need him back. It's this current system and how we are as a team and the professionalism that company has and and where we are in the league and where we look like we're going as a club Vegos does fit all of that. He fit, he fits it tenfold. The reason why he didn't work in the last system was because even though we took the piss and said, oh, Connor Robert stayed with us, it was really funny when he said, and then Vegos was like, you don't put the ball in the box. It's true. We never got fucking ball to him. Like the guy literally had the ball at the halfway line every game and never really got his chance in front <laughs> of the goal. And the, and the two times that he did get a chance, I mean, he was a shitheader against West Ham, but that finish against Brighton, was how he scored half his half his goals in the Bundesliga. He mm. he was never a towering striker that gets off at floor and goes from six foot seven to seven foot three by how much he jumps. He doesn't he doesn't jump like he he's not jump. really known for winning winning headers. Mm. I I do think in this current system I do think he'd be good, but I also do agree that there is a level of it has it gone a little bit too far. I think, I it, think has it's it gone all too gone far. a bit too far, yeah. and, I, and I I do think agree it's... with that.
2: I think he's gone too far, and the fact that he's obviously a massive dickhead as well—it doesn't help. <laughs> um, Neil, you um, you mentioned something then. I'm I've not totally. I've not seen anything like you said. He's been whinging today about something. Yeah, he
0: said the standard of training at Besiktas was uh, unacceptable and not his not his oh. level. But it's like, oh, hey, oh man, you've gone now. What's the point in bringing it up? And and when he leaves <laughs> United, he'll say the same about them because he'll think he's another yeah. To see, to me, yeah. I think he's got the ego of Messi, but the talent of like Crouch. <laughs> Gen- really well, crouch got 100
3: really. goals in Premier League though I <laughs> Crouch did it in his day I know he did, did, in in just, know he did refer, but he's yeah. not
0: Messi is he but I, no, I think I he's got the ego of Messi and, and his is probably the ability of crouch and that's not a dig mm. at crouch because I love crouch but I think that's probably what it is Yeah. and um, I just I don't know I think he probably does fit the system, but it's his attitude and the disruption that it'll cause to the team that, yeah, that yeah. I don't want get, him back for. Get
2: somebody who wants to be here. Get somebody exactly. who's buzzing to play under exactly. Vincent Company. Like, look at Eckdale and stuff since he's come in. He's like, oh, Vincent Company, you know, I love him. Lau Fossil. Say, everyone's come in and said, oh, Burnley building something really good. I want to play for this team. I, I want to I, I want to play for Vincent Company. I've just seen a comment off Danny Martin, and that's what we'll end it on because we've gone over an hour. I said 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, I just think we'll sign somebody new. And Sam, actually, you need to go to work, don't you? Yeah, about I am that.
3: due to go. Yeah.
2: Sorry, <laughs> right, one more question and, and then I'll wrap it up. Promise. Um, um, yeah, just bring someone in who's new, loving laugh, wants to be at Burnley, that sort of vibe. Um, but, that's the wrong comment. I nearly pressed the wrong thing. Um, Danny Martin says, would oh, anyone take but Neil no. back? No. I would not what take him fuck. back. No. He wouldn't no. get in the team. He would not get in the team right now. We'll go in no. screen order. I've already heard Neil's, so we'll start with Sean.
1: Uh, I was gutted when he left, but... Benson, Zeroy, Teller all better than him all cheaper than yeah. him I, I, I could leave him yeah
2: yeah my camera's done that weird thing again but I'm wrapping up anyway hopefully you can all hear me uh, Sam what would you do? He's shit, like seriously,
1: like he's
3: so bad. Like, Listen, we've said it so many times, right? The reason why McNeil looked so good in our system was because we had nobody with pace and nobody with an ounce of creativity in an an ageing squad with a lack of investment from an owner that wanted to sell. That's where we were at. Now you look at him in a Premier League team and he's not even the best winger at Everton who are also shite. Damari Gray Damn. outplays him week in, week out. Alex Iwobi outplays him week in, week out. And he can go to teams lower down in the in the league. And Jack Harrison's better for Leeds. That Jaden Anthony's better for Bournemouth. He's, honestly, he's one-footed, one-dimensional rubbish. 20 million quid, honestly. I'd take
0: someone's left ball up for that, like, honestly. No,
2: we had their <laughs> pants down. And Neil, you immediately said no. So,
0: yeah, well, you, you, you probably seen that? my tweet last night because you put something out about him. And I, I just think, I think at the time we were looking, I'll read my tweet, essentially. We were looking through Claret Tinted Glasses. He was he stood out in a shit team. Um, he's predictable, like you just said. He's one-footed. Um, and I genuinely don't think he's got the work rate to fit in this team because no. he slouches around. He doesn't really run around. He, I think we had their pants mm-hmm. down. And um, we've had a few teams pants down, I think because uh, Chris Wood's not
1: exactly set Newcastle on fire. Collins seems so. not
2: seem to be doing very well at Wolves either. Mm. Nah. This is
1: his comfort about.
2: zone now. With,
1: <laughs> with McNeil, yeah. I think there's a, a really good player in there, but we haven't seen it since his breakthrough season. And I don't yeah. know if he ever will see
2: it. His first 18 months he was decent after yeah. that. Everyone's like, oh, Dash caught shit out of him. Well, What's the excuse now? Because Lampard is shit under Lampard as well. Lampard couldn't coach a fucking bus though. So Lampard is a dreadful gaffer. Um, Sam, right. I know you need to go to work. So I'll start wrapping it up now. Um, thank you everybody for coming on the show. Thank you to Sean, Sam and Neil. Oh, Neil. you're Not Neil, sorry. Sam, you're the only one with a Burnley page. I'll let you plug it now so people can go and watch it.
3: Uh, yeah, it's the Clarence Roundup page Follow on Twitter. It. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, uh, close roundup page on Twitter. Uh, just come over and talk Burnley. I, I do it every week, and as you say, I say it every week. We'll but I'm going chat. to say it again. I just love
0: we'll to chat.
2: Uh, Yeah, so, Sean, thanks for coming on, mate. It's a good to have you back. It's been a while. Same with you, Neil. Good to have you back. It's been a while. Sam's becoming a regular as well, but thank you to everybody. We've had loads of comments. We've just gone over 150 comments. We've had a lot. It's always been floating up around the 70 mark, 70 live viewers mark. So, thank you to everybody for watching. If you joined late and you want to watch the show from the start, as soon as I end this live, it turns into a normal YouTube video after a bit of processing, I think, and then you can watch it again. Or... (laughs) as harry says there uh, let's have a chat um or <laughs> if you prefer the podcast version i will stick it up on on podcast pretty much straight away. i forgot to do it last week until the day after um but i will do it pretty much straight away. i am starving so i might go and have some dinner first and then i'll come back uh, but thank you everybody for watching thank you everybody for coming on the show obviously thank you everybody for commenting and just before we go just before we go i will end it on this but thank you everybody for watching and we'll see you next time here we go